are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. And thanks to everyone who helps make Locked On Packers their first listen of the day. It's a great way to start your day talking Packers. Today on the show, it's Zhao Yu doing as it is every Wednesday. Lily Zhao from Fox 6 in Milwaukee will be here to talk about this team being 7-0, this matchup with the Chiefs. What's going on with the Chiefs? Uh, a lot to, to dig into there that we will, of course, get to even more in-depth tomorrow on our crossover Thursday show. Before we get to all of that, though, the big news of the day. The Packers replaced their long snapper. Yes, that is the news that everyone is thinking about. That's the news that everyone was worried about uh, the the trade deadline day. No, that that is a thing that happened. The Packers did that. They moved on from Hunter Bradley. But they didn't do anything else. There was the report early in the day from Jeremy Fowler over at ESPN that they were going to be, you know, looking for opportunities. Uh, the tight end market, Evan Ingram, Hayden Hurst, Jordan Akins, uh, Jacob Hollister. They did nothing. Now, that doesn't mean they will do nothing. Deshaun Jackson is being released. Um, That is a a potential name that Green Bay could bring in if they were looking to make a move, reunite to uh, Cal Greats in this offense. I'm sure Rodgers would would love that. Aaron did say on the Pat McAfee show yesterday that he feels like the communication this, this year with Brian Gutekunst has been great. Has been great. He's really enjoyed it. Just keeping the doors open. Uh, and look, the Packers made their they made their moves. They made their moves. Devondre Campbell. I mean, imagine just just let's think about this for a second. Imagine if the Packers had traded for Devondre Campbell and let's say he had been starting for the Cardinals. And they trade for him and he plays the last eight games the way that he played the first eight games. What is the difference? What really is the difference? The Packers made this move. They got a really good player. They brought in Whitney Merciless. They were not going to make the Von Miller deal. They were not going to give up a second and a third to get Von Miller for this year. And and in fact, history tells us it's it's not really the best strategy. I wrote about this today on The Leap, about the divergent strategies that the Chiefs and the Packers have taken, but you could you could lump the Rams in there as well. That's not the point, though. The Packers are getting players back from injury, eventually, that they, they could not have traded for. Zadarius Smith, and there are going to be some people, uh, probably not Packers fans, who will side-eye this. Zadarius Smith has been a better player over the last two seasons than Von Miller. Zadarius Smith, again, Roger said that there is a, a renewed sense of optimism that, that Z is going to be back this season. Back in the building, 
uh, getting his work in and, and we'll see what happens. Rodgers also said, you know, suddenly there's some nuggets. We went through a stretch where he was not dropping any nuggets, not, you know, that didn't seem to be communicating in code, trying to tell us things that that maybe we needed to know about the team or his feelings on the general manager. Jerry Alexander, according to Rodgers, got a, some good news a couple weeks ago and that they still hope that he can be back for the stretch run and the playoffs. I don't know what that news was, but it does jive with what I've been hearing about about Jair's injury. They the plan for now and for the foreseeable future is to keep letting it heal. The thought is he's going to be back at some point. Zedaria Smith is going to be back at some point. Now, Devontae Adams has not cleared protocols. The, the hope was at the beginning of the week that he'd be back by Thursday. We'll see where they are. Alan Lazard is back. MBS looks like he is going to go this week. And David Bakhtiari. You know, again, Rogers with the with a little bit of body language doctoring for me, hinted that that Debach is going to be back this week. There is no one Green Bay could have traded for who would be better than those guys. Now, that's not to say that they could not have made the final version of this team better when everyone is healthy or created some depth to ensure against injuries to bring someone else in. That, that, there was nothing preventing them from doing that. And I I don't. I know that I'm going to get accused of being a homer for some of that, for, for, for defending the team. And I'm not, I'm not defending the team. I'm not. I think there were avenues that they could have used to get better. And I think going to get and paying a minimal amount for someone like Jacob Hollister, who is at least a guy that you know is an NFL player. We don't really know what Josiah DeGuara is. Now, I think this is a show of faith in, a, in someone like Josiah DeGuara. He's going to step into a much bigger role. Someone like Dominique Daphne, someone like Alan Lazard, who, who can play that F, who can who can move around, who can play that big slot role. But the matchups are different. You put a tight end in that spot and a team might stay in base. They might cover him with a linebacker or safety. Alan Lazard in that spot is going to get a corner on him or a safety. And so it's not as advantageous a matchup for you. You can't play with the matchups the same kind of way. And I don't know what the asking price for Fletcher Cox was, but I would have advocated doing a deal for him if they could have done one at all. We don't know. That's the other thing is you never know what deals were really out there to be made. The Evan Ingram deal from from what I've heard is the Giants were not really that interested in, in making a deal there and that the league valued him at a number in terms of compensation that that. Uh, the Giants just didn't agree with. And as a result, he stays. This is this is how this works. We It is hard for us from the outside to say, oh, well, they could have done X, Y, Z. They should have done X, Y, Z, maybe. But we also have to know the options that were available to them. And, and usually we don't ever find out those options. And, and if we do, we find out after the fact, usually when someone has some sort of ax to grind. So I don't know that, that it makes a lot of sense to, to play the speculation game. I'm just trying to look at this from a perspective of, okay, where do they go from here? What are the ways that they can get better? And it turns out there are a bunch of them. It turns out there are a bunch of them. And it mostly comes from the guys that are coming back and going to be healthy. There are there are impact players, all pro players, who are potentially coming back this season. We know David Bakhtiari is going to be back, barring a setback. Devontae Adams, you know, even if it takes another week, in all likelihood, is going to be back, if not this week, next week. Those guys could suffer new injuries, no doubt about it. 
but they're going to come back at some point. You have to figure and contribute. Sidarius Smith, we don't know. Jair Alexander, we don't know. But the other part of that is the, the team is really good. The team is 7-1 without all of those players. And again, that is not an excuse as to why they didn't go out and get something or get someone. Matt LaFleur told us that they had every intention of doing that, that they were looking for deals to make. I think we can take him at his word considering the way that they've handled the last nine months, maybe less, the last six months. Bringing in Randall Cobb, bringing in Campbell, bringing in Russell Douglas, bringing in Quentin Dunbar, bringing in Jalen Smith. It didn't work out, but they brought Jalen Smith. They cut him, but they brought him in. They brought in Quentin Dunbar. These are are the kinds of veteran guys you bring in, see what they have, and if they have nothing, you move on. No harm, no foul. I mean, I really like the way that they've approached this season, and they haven't done it in a reckless way. I think there is a way that you can supplement your roster that Ted Thompson did not always use. He was fine saying, okay, practice squad guy. When Zedaria Smith goes down with a back injury, it is Kendall Donerson who's got to step up. In this case, they're able to get a Whitney Merciless. Now, part of that is the Packers are in a great position to get those players, but the Packers always had cap space and they, they were always good. So it wasn't like they were not an attractive destination for all the same reasons they're attractive now. But to get, you know, they hit. You have to hit. You still have to make good moves. Just making a move is not enough. And the Chiefs are proof of that. They've taken all kinds of swings. They took skill players in the first round. They took skill players in the second round. They, They traded first round picks to make their team better. And in almost every case, Clyde Edwards Alaire, not a first round player. McCole Harbin, not a second round player. Not an impact player really at all. Trade, you trade a first for an offensive tackle who's not a great fit for your system, not a great left tackle. You're not getting an impact player. You trade a first for a defensive end. You pay him top of market money. And he doesn't produce like a star player for you. The Packers have approached this season, and I really think the entire, at least since the 2019 offseason, the Brian Gutekunst era, they have approached this team as, I think, in the most prudent way that you can. And that is when you have money to spend, go out and allocate those resources effectively. Take a couple big swings, knowing that you have a great quarterback and you have some other pieces, but that you really need to make some supplementary changes to this roster. When you're just trying to get a little bit of an edge here and a little bit of an edge there, it's much easier. The Packers didn't have that luxury when Brian Gutekinds took over. So you need to bring in the Jair Alexanders. You need to hit on the Darnell Savages and the Rashawn Garys. You still, you always need to do that. You always need to do that. Even if you're going to take an aggressive approach and hit on some of the aggressive free agent moves that are out there. You still need to be able to hit your draft picks because you there it just isn't enough money to have a roster full of paid veterans who are high-level players. The Patriots made it work for a long time by giving up you know, pick swaps and day three picks to get players, but they were always those sort of mid to low-end vets that they knew they could maximize because of Bill Belichick and because of Tom Brady. Not every team has that luxury. Green Bay has not traditionally had that luxury, but now they're bringing in some of these guys that they're hitting on. The more you hit, it's just, it's, it's, it's bites at the apple. Same with the draft. 
You bring in enough Devondre Campbells, you're going to find 2021 Devondre Campbell. You bring in enough Russell Douglas, Quinton Dunbar, Brashad Breelands, you're going to find a 2021 Russell Douglas. And right now, the Packers are in the enviable position that they have hit on multiple guys this season, multiple draft picks who are contributing, and in the last couple of years, multiple more draft picks who have come in and elevated their level of play. Rashawn Gary is on a star player trajectory right now. Darnell Savage, you know, not not quite the year people thought he was going to have, certainly that I thought he was going to have. He took off in the second half of last season, and, and maybe he ends up having a Pro Bowl type season. Jair Alexander, we know what he is. Elton Jenkins, A.J. Dillon is starting to look like a cornerstone in this offense. And the Aaron Jones, not a Brian Gutekinds pick, but he's a star. Aaron Jones is a star. 100 total yards in a game where he's the only player that anyone on defense has ever heard of. That just shows the kind of hits you need to have to be perennially good and to be great. You just need a little bit of luck in most cases. And right now, the Packers are getting a lot of that luck. Let me tell you about this new app that I have been trying to tell you about for weeks. It's called GetUpside. And if you buy gas, and I, I recently started buying gas again after moving out of the city and I need a car now. You can make up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time you fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a bonus of 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get Upside. Get cash back using Get Upside. See the name? See how it works? Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and you'll get up to 50%, 50 cents cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making two, $300 a month in cash back. Money that they're just gonna give you. There's no catch. Put in your PayPal account, e-gift card, Amazon, write in your bank account if you want. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. It's now a seven game win streak. It's a Zayu doing win streak, not just a Packers win streak. Joining me now from Fox 6 in Milwaukee, our friend, Lily Zhao and Lily, one of the best wins of the Matt LaFleur era, one of the best regular season Packers wins in a while. How you doing? Peter, it is great. It is fun that we're carrying this winning momentum throughout our podcast every week. I think we're good luck charms for this team. And also they're pretty good. Um, so it's it's fun to talk and another big game's coming up Sunday, but I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm I'm very good. We're going to have to borrow Mike McCarthyism and do a little stacking success because I feel like that's, <laughs> That's what we're doing. We're trying to get a little bit better each week as well. And and that's where I want to start this because the Packers go out and get this huge win on Thursday night and now they're getting healthy. But let's just rewind. Let's go back in time. I need like a, a weird sound drop right there. Um, when we found out Adams, Lazard, MBS, when the announcements came, okay, those guys are not going to go. What was your confidence level of Green Bay on a short week coming out of the desert with a win? I will say it was, I, I was still like, I had confidence because at the end of the day, you have Aaron Rodgers, you have Aaron Jones, you had Robert Tunyon, you had AJ Dillon, you had still like guys that could get the job done. But I would say the confidence would be exponentially higher if you had had maybe even one or two of those guys of the three that didn't play. So I, I think as the game kind of went on, I, I just had this sinking feeling that they would win. 
And, you know, as the game went on, I'm like, the Packers are clearly the better team. It just was a fact of, you know, they should be up by more points, but a win is a win. But at the end of the day, it's, I've, I've felt even without so many really talented pieces and all pro players, this Packers team was still the better team on the field that day. Yeah. Didn't it feel like if they'd been healthy, like they could have won by 15, 20. Oh yeah. Easily, easily. And they, they should have been up 31, 21, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. So. Indeed. Uh, but so I, I, I do think it says something about, about this team, about the metal of this team. Isn't it remarkable? You know, you, we were on the show two months ago trying to figure out, okay, what's the mindset of this team? What is the deal after this week one loss? That seems that like that is the opposite of how we feel about them right now. It's hard for me to remember. I mean, maybe 2014 was the last time they made an about face like this, or it may be 2016 with the run the table. But even then that felt a little smoke and mirrorsy where you were like, okay, at one point in the season, you felt really bad about the team. And now, I mean, they have the best odds by 538 to get the one seed. The turnaround is pretty incredible. It really is. And I, you know, that 2016 season or the, the, the run table season, I should say, I, I think it was every week we're like, wow, they won, you know, but <laughs> this, this season is more of like, they should have won by more. Right. We're so injured. Um, and that's never a bad problem to have. Right. Because, you know, we're, we're heading into what week nine now and this team is still not healthy, but they're still really good. So it's a good problem to have, but like you mentioned, it's just, there's a, while they're winning every game, it's they're kind of expected to win. And in these games, it's like, we want them to win by more. But the fact is, they're still winning. I'm going to ask you a very leading question. Okay. Why is Matt LaFleur, I mean, historic pace to start his career. Why is Matt LaFleur, I think I know the answer, but why is Matt LaFleur not getting the sort of national attention for his coaching job, given all the injuries this season, given that the offense has not lit the world on fire. Why has he not gotten that attention as like, Hey, this is one of the best coaches in football. Right. I think there's a couple of factors in it. I think it's more of the, uh, a combination of a, you know, of Aaron, you have Aaron Rodgers. B it's every year. If there's a new coach, it's like the shiny new toy and they bring a team that hasn't really been good up. And you're like, Ooh, that person's really in contention. And I also think it's it's just people have been conditioned to know the Packers are going to be in contention every year, so they're going to be good. So, yeah, it doesn't really matter who's that head coach. They're going to keep winning. So, you know, I think a couple of those factors really meld into the fact that he hasn't really been in that discussion ever. And it's kind of crazy to say with the track record that he has, and yes, he does have Aaron Rodgers, and yes, this team is perennially very good, but you have to look at what he's been able to do without those key players and the stretch of the run and say he should be in that conversation. So it's crazy. He's not. Yeah. I, I, my answer is Aaron Rodgers. And I have, I, I have said, and I don't know if it was to you, but I have said on this show and, and other places many times that I don't think Matt LaFleur is going to get the credit that he deserves unless and until he wins without Aaron Rodgers. Um, unless they, they, you know, like they win the next two Super Bowls or something like that, then maybe you start to go, okay, well, he, he is a big reason why Rodgers is playing the way that, that Rodgers is. Quick aside, the John Wick costume, what did you think? Uh, loved it. I saw a list of Aaron Rodgers costumes, like what he could potentially be. And I don't know why John Wick just never really crossed my mind, but I've watched those movies and I, I just thought the the commitment with like the fake blood and the gun and the hair. And I, I thought it was really, really good. And the dog. And it wasn't. The dog. There were a lot of good costumes. Uh, there was, there was, uh, the Kanye, that that Randall Cobb did. There was Bane, Mercedes Lewis. There were some, there were some really good ones. I, 
the funny thing is whenever he plays the bears, that's like a gif that, that is often used or like a, a screen grab to say like, because he is the boogeyman for these teams in the NFC North. And I think, I think there was a little bit of tongue in cheek in there. And, and we also should have seen a coven because he loves Keanu Reeves and has said before he loves Keanu Reeves. I don't know why I didn't think of it. I, I, as soon as I saw it, I went, Oh, of course, of course. How could we not have thought of it? Uh, what is your, what is your all time favorite personal Halloween costume that you've ever done? Oh man. I, see, I, I'm terrible. I'm a terrible Halloween person. Cause I'm mm. like, I like, to see what other people come up with. Cause I really, I'm like, I'm, I lack in the Halloween department, but I will say, um, one year me and my friends went as like, uh, an in and out crew, like, you know, in and out burger, we dressed yes. up the workers. That was a hit in green Bay. And then also I did, uh, Ariana Grande one year. So that was really fun. That's a good one. I, my favorite is one year. I, I was like, I want to go out. It's Halloween weekend, but I don't, I don't, I didn't have a car. So I was like, I need to be able to just like go, walk to the store, the grocery store, basically, and get everything I needed to get. I wore a bathrobe. I put some gauze around my head and I, I bought a, a jar of peaches and I put a piece of cauliflower in it. And I was someone that had had a lobotomy. I had like my little piece of brain. It's a very kind of like gruesome thing. And I had a, a friend like do some eye makeup. So I looked kind of gaunt and it was like very one flew over the cuckoo's nest. No one really got it, but I got to wear a bathrobe to the bar. So like, that was, that was great for me. That was sort of the appeal of the costume as I got to wear a bathrobe. That's clever. That's really clever. Anyway, back, back to the football. Um, people are going to be like, why did they spend five minutes talking about holiday <laughs> costumes? I don't, I don't care. Um, the Packers get the chiefs this week. And I, I don't know what to make of this chiefs team because they still, it, it's one of those weird things. And, and Packer fans who were around in 2015, um, even parts of 2017 and, and the early parts of 2016, it's like, this looks like the Packers, but it doesn't look anything like the Packers. Like it's the same people, but it doesn't look like that team. And when I watch this, this chief's offense, when they don't turn the ball over, they still look pretty good. They still have Tyree kill. They still have Travis Kelsey. They still have Patrick freaking Mahomes. And yet they can't seem to get out of their own way. I don't, I don't know what to make of this Chiefs team. And I don't either. It's a team that, you know, again, I think I've said this for a bunch of these Packers games, but it's like, you don't want this to be the game where Patrick Mahomes just has that one play. And it's like, ding, obviously I'm Patrick Mahomes and I can kick <laughs> everyone's butt. You know, you don't want the Packers to have that game for him to be like, oh, uh-huh, I'm obviously still very good. I think the when they get in their own way and they just haven't been able to win, I guess, as consistently or as big as they would like to win or even get wins at all, you know, it kind of gets in your head a little bit, especially if you're, you know, putting the ball on the ground and they just really haven't been securing it. So when teams are going after it, I think they have, what, 19 giveaways this season, which is astronomical for that team, considering how well they protected the football last year. So when you're kind of getting in your own way and then it kind of happens again in another game, it's like, oh, man, here we go again. So I feel like the best thing for the Packers to do is to continue to attack and to be very aggressive and trying to get that ball. Because again, you don't want them to be like, yeah, we can steamroll you guys and put 35 on the board, which they very well could do. But again, this is a different Packers defense. That's not going to let you beat them deep. Maybe a thousand cuts, but you know, it's, it's a different narrative, I think going into this year. And that, that is that something that stands out to me because the, I think Packer fans and sports fans in general are conditioned to go, well, they haven't played well all year. And so that just means they're going to break out against my team. That's just how fans think that that's just the nature of fandom. And it is a way to protect ourselves and all of that stuff. 
But the thing that has given the Chiefs problems all year is that too high shell coverage. By the way, the same thing that the Packers struggled with and have struggled with for a number of years, they don't give up big plays. This is one of the best teams in the league at not allowing big plays. And the Chiefs have proven if they can't get big plays, they don't stay patient. They're not efficient and they're not going to run the ball because they mostly can't run the ball. So this is I, I I'm hesitant to say this out loud, Lily, but this feels like a very good matchup for Green Bay because the thing that hurts the Chiefs the most is the thing that the Packers defense is the best at. And the Packers offense, while it hasn't been elite, is going up against a defense that has been one of the five worst in the league this year. So even though the quarterback matchup is very close, there's a reason this line has shrunk down. I mean, it's it's one and a half in some places. It opened at three. I think a lot of people are going to be on Green Bay this week. I think so, too. And I think you kind of have to look at what they did with Kyler Murray as to kind of what the game, the, the blueprint, I would say, for Patrick. Yeah. Is, you know, they, they kept Murray in the backfield, in the pocket, didn't really let him escape that often. That's what they're going to have to do win with Mahomes. But like you mentioned, too high. I mean, like they're keeping everything in front of them. They're nothing is really going deep behind them. And that's what you really want. So what you want is this team of dink and dunk on you. And hopefully in that process, you're able to get them on downs or get them out on third down. So that's really been key for this team is to really get off the field. I think they can do it again. And you mentioned even with this Packers offense, you know, we saw what they were able to do against the Cardinals who have a really good defense Chiefs struggling, like you mentioned, but then, you know, the potential of Devonte coming back, Lazard coming back, even MVS, it's that even adds to this offense. So I think it's a really good matchup on both sides of the ball. All right. Vibe check time. Yeah. I was thinking about this earlier today. After everything that has happened with Aaron Rodgers and some of the things that he has said, and after the way that the last five to eight years have gone with Packer fans and and seeing the moves that this team has actually made in the last year to make this team better, they get Whitney Merciless, and he has been already has more pressures in two games with Green Bay than he did all season in Houston. Russell Douglas is a revelation. Devondre Campbell is an all pro and Randall Cobb catches two touchdowns in a game that they win. It just seems like, and now they're getting healthy. Zedaria Smith, that was a very weird situation. He's back in town. I don't know. Is it just me or like, are the vibes at the best that they've been maybe in years in Green Bay? That's that's sort of my perception of it. They just seem really from everyone, the players, the coaches, the fans. I don't know. No, I, I agree. And I was like, you know, I don't think the vibes have gotten better every year that Matt LaFleur has been in town. It's just the, the, the locker room just feels different. Right. And it just, you know, stinks for us media folks that we can't be in there um, to kind of get a firsthand account of everything. But from all intents and purposes is from what you've seen from these guys on the field, on social media, whatever it's that they're very, very close knit. And when you bring in these veteran players on, especially on the defensive side and with Randall, um, it, it, it just kind of adds to the whole, like we are all in to win a super bowl this year. And th- these are the guys that are, that are going to help us do it. I think that mentality with Rogers coming back as well is just kind of melded everybody together to be like, we could do it this year. We're a good team. We haven't reached our peak yet, which is good because it's, you know, we're almost at the halfway point of the season, but I think the vibes are really good and that's what you want, right? You want this team to be, to feel really good about themselves as they really get into the meat of their schedule, which is now. Um, so I, I really like where this team's at. It's weird too, because they're seven and one, they're leading the conference and there is just sort of like a, well, they've kind of underachieved so far this season. At least it feels that way. Um, if you listen to to certain shows or certain fans, it feels that way. And yet they're, they're getting better. There's opportunities to get better. I don't know. It's just, it, it, this is, this is 
a really fun time to to be uh, just sort of along for the ride with this team. And I'm excited to see where it's going to go. You're going to be back next week, maybe an eight game win streak. Maybe maybe the first time Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes meet, we get an instant classic. That's what I'm hoping for. Lily, we will talk to you in a week. Thanks, Peter. All right. I want to thank Lily again for joining the show. Great to talk to her. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with a lot more with our crossover to talk about the Chiefs. But we're back every day. And and you know who else is back? Bet Online. They're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all your basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to Las Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts and today's episode is brought to you by our friends at built bar i love telling you guys about built bar because this is a product that i so believe in it is a it is a product that i trust that i recommend to other people even not on the podcast because it really is that big of a game changer it is we overuse this word a lot disruptor it is a disruptor in the protein bar space because it tastes like a candy bar. I, you you probably don't believe me, but I'm telling you this. When you try it, you will understand. It's not chalky or waxy or hard to choke down. They're soft. They're covered in 100% chocolate and, and the center. That's where they really nail it. With these flavors, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, they are unbelievable. And yet, low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, high in protein. Of course, it's a protein bar. After all, you have to try it out. And Limited time flavors coming out every three to four days this month. So go to built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Crossover Thursday and then our live show on Friday. Got a little surprise in the works for the live show, but very excited for that. And uh, we will uh, have a lot more to talk about in the upcoming days and weeks because this is going to be a great Packer season to discuss from start to finish. It's been fun since, well, February. February? It, yeah, the, the, the pain of the NFC Championship game had to wear off a little and then it got fun again. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Subscribe on YouTube. Go check us out. If you like this video and you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button. Thank you. That would be wonderful. We have seen that audience steadily grow. Thank you for everyone who has, has come and been a part of that. Thanks for everyone that makes us their first listen of the day. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. <laughs>